at the astrological Venus archetype in our shadow dance partner. So all about love and relationships. is a relationship alchemist and an astrologer. He's been so for 25 plus years. Her specialty is in the seventh house. So marriage, partnership, open enemies, and the shadow is us all. So let's give a nice warm welcome to Rebecca Eigen. Okay. Yes, I can. All right. Yeah. Well, hello. How are y'all? How many of you all have heard of Carl Jung? Carl Jung? You haven't. Okay, he was the, fam the famous Swiss psychiatrist who came up with the terms introvert and extrovert. And he also came up with complex theory. So we all heard uh, that person has an inferiority complex. So, so this is what he talked about. And he also came up with a concept called the shadow. And I have put astrology and shadow work together, which is Carl Jung's theory. And the shadow is everything about us that is unconscious, unexpressed, denied, and repressed. So these are dark as well as light. And when I say dark, I'm talking about what's hidden from our awareness. These are things that we don't know about ourselves. So in astrology, our first house is descriptive of our persona in Jungian terminology. And in astrology, we call that the rising sign. And it's our mask, it's what we know about ourselves, it's our ego consciousness. These are the things about us that we, that we tolerate about ourselves. So we have both positive and negative qualities that we all know about, but the shadow is not anything we know about. The shadow is completely unconscious. So it is like behind our back, like our physical back, we have a shadow but we can't see it. Well, in our unconscious, in our psyche, we also have parts of us that we do not know about. So the first thing that we're gonna do is that we're gonna project it onto other people. And most people have heard the term projection, which is seeing something outside of you that you think is them, but it's actually also in you. But most of us have never heard that we're not the ones projecting. It's the unconscious that projects itself out. So this is the part of us we absolutely know nothing about. So. The we fall in love with somebody because we'll see something in them that we'll be fascinated by. And it's that fascination, you know, it's not just an attraction, it's a fascination. That's when you know that that is a part of your own shadow. And he even said, and I'm gonna read a quote by him about that. A fascination of this kind is never exercised exclusively by one person upon another. It is always a phenomena of relationships which requires two people insofar as the person fascinated necessarily has a corresponding disposition. But the disposition must be unconscious or no fascination will take place. Fascination is a compulsive phenomena in a sense that it lacks a conscious motive. It is not a voluntary process, 
but something that rises up from the unconscious and forcibly obtrudes itself upon the conscious mind. And this is from his book, Two Essays in Analytical Psychology. So when we are fascinated by anyone or we fall madly in love with anyone, say hello to your shadow. Because the shadow is the part of us we least identify with. And then if you meet somebody that you can't stand, raise your hand. That is also a part of you that you know nothing about. It's either too high or too low. So these parts of us are begging for our acceptance, but we're afraid of these parts of us because we don't want to be like that. We don't want to think of ourselves like that. But if we start to see anything coming at us in a repetitive fashion, it is about us. We just don't know it. And the way it's going to uh, come into our energy field or our awareness is that it's going to repeat. And these qualities that are not about us that we think, no, they're like that. I am not like that. I would never act like that. Well, when we say it like that, I would never. We are like that. We just don't know it. And so when two or more people point out something to you about your own behavior and you don't like them, that is a sure, that's a sure sign that something's repeating and that you need to know about it. So the universe is always trying to get us to see our whole self. Now in astrology, we have the planet Venus. Venus looks like a mirror. It's a big circle with a handle on it and a cross. Well, that mirror showing us is the part of all of us, the archetypal part of all of us, that wants connection, that wants to relate, that wants to be in relationship with others. And whatever sign or house that our Venus falls in is going to tell us the requirement that we have in this lifetime for us to develop in ourselves. And it'll also describe who might be a good partner for us, whatever house it falls in. So say we, you know, we have Venus in the 10th house, but we might fall in love with our boss because the 10th house is the career house. Or we might fall in love with a coworker if it's in the sixth house. So depending on what house it falls in, that can also tell us where we might meet our partner. And the Venus part of all of us wants security, wants safety, wants to connect and relate because it rules two signs. Taurus, which is all of our need for comfort, for pleasure, for safety and security, and we all have Taurus somewhere. If you look at the chart, every single sign is represented. So everyone has all of the signs, but we all have a different combination. So no two of us is the same. We are like snowflakes. And you have to know the time, place, and date of your birth in order to see your birth chart. And then the Libra part of us is the seventh house. So that is the, the marriage house. But the ancients also called it the house of open enemies. Why? Why would our partner have to become our enemy? Because our partner will have to suffer if we do not know the parts of us that are in the seventh house, because they're going to overdo whatever it is that's there that we don't recognize in ourselves. And we wouldn't even, again, we wouldn't even be attracted to them in the first place if we didn't have the same energy. So after 30 years of doing relationship reports and uh, relationship counseling with people, it is amazing to me how both marriage partners have 
very similar energy, but they split it up. I'll be this part of you if you'll be this part of me, because I don't like that part. And I didn't like it because my father would put me down if I did that. So I would just, I'm not gonna be like that. So we go into denial and we also uh, repress certain parts of us because they're uncomfortable. And so we decide I'm not gonna act like that because it didn't get me any uh, kudos or it didn't get me acceptance. And what we all want is acceptance. So, forgive me, I'm really thirsty today. Anyway, um, so another thing about the shadow that's really significant when it comes to two people is that initially we will fall in love with certain aspects of a person. And then they're going to overdo that, so we're not going to like that after all. So I have a Kathy cartoon to pass out to you all. You want to help me pass out a, a cartoon? When I started teaching this in 1995, my mother and my father watched a VHS of me speaking, and my mother sent me this cartoon. And I'm going to read it to you all. It's pretty funny. Kathy says to her mother, I met a man named Kenny, Mom. He's so funny and outgoing. Really, her mother says. When you met Irving, you raved about his ambition. When you broke up with him, you called him a self-absorbed workaholic. When you met Simon, you went on and on about his sensitivity. When you broke up with Simon, you told me he was an over-emotional wimp. When you met Alex, you gushed about his free spirit. When you broke up, he was directionless and immature. You spent half your life selling me on men, the other half trying to convince me the very qualities you loved are the ones I should join you now in being repulsed by. Why on earth should I believe that Mr. Funny and Outgoing won't turn into Mr. Loud and Obnoxious in two months? For heaven's sakes, Mom, this is different. Kenny is so completely different. And the mother says daughters make a leap of faith. Mothers require a pole vault. So my mom sent me that, and um, it's really true. We, we marry somebody, you know, when, when I first got married, I married somebody because he gave me a feeling of safety and security. And he was like a rock of Gibraltar, and very grounded and very practical, and he was 10 years older than me, and then he became a stick in the mud. Now he was a person who wasn't willing to risk. Now he was like stifling my creativity because he was so practical. You know, and if I wanted something, I was, the, I was the one that was the creative one. I was the outgoing social director. And if I wanted something, we could buy it. If, you know, so, and if he wanted something, he would say, no, well, we can't afford it. So he was like so practical and so martyr-like that he overdid that. And so I left him. I left him after six and a half years. And then I ended up having to do exactly what he was doing. I had to grow up. I had to buy a house. I had to build a business and buy a car. So everything that he was doing for both of us was like being a parent or a father figure. So coming into balance with other people is when we recognize there's this ancient alchemical dictum, as above, so below, as within, 
so without. So everything that's inside of us is going to be reflected outside of us like an infinity symbol as inner and outer reflect each other. And so people that come into our energy field, that's the only reason they're there is because they are like us, but we don't know that part. So we will either can't stand that person and even maybe even walk around the room to get away from them or the exact opposite. We will be fascinated by them. We will be in love with them. We will be so excited when we are around that person. And if they leave, if they leave us, then we feel like a part of us is missing because it's us. So we're actually all looking for ourselves out there. And when two people, when two people are aware of their astrology and you have your birth chart and you have his birth chart and you can talk to each other about what is in the seventh house together and consciously make an effort to incorporate that into your character because that's the part of you that's going to run amok outside of you but in an, equal, an equally opposite way to the degree that you don't own it yourself. If you don't own it yourself, you're asking the universe to bring that to you and it will comply. So we bring people into our life to irritate us into our own wholeness. <laughs> and this is not easy. Taking responsibility for who comes into our life, especially if they push all of our buttons, taking responsibility for what we're attracting is very, very hard because we would rather point the finger at you and say, you're to blame, you're the one who did this, you're the one who whatever. But if it's repeating in your life, I guarantee you it's about yourself. And so once again, the universe is saying patiently, we want you to know yourself. And so here you are again. And I love this quote by Edna St. Vincent Millay. She says, life is not one damn thing after another. It's the same damn thing over and over <laughs> because it is. And so you can uh, begin to get a sense of humor about your shadow and start to recognize that there are no accidents, none, zero, zip. I don't care how horrible the last person you were in relationship with looked like, they were actually carrying something about you that you need. And so there are three different ways that we project. One way is that we see it in you. You're like that, I'm not. The second way is that we will project it and we will expect you to do it for us because we don't want to do it. And the third way is we're inflicting our shadow all over the place on other people and we don't even know it. The interesting thing about our shadow is that we don't know it, but everyone who is around us can see it. Because you don't hide yourself from your friends. You know, you, your friends know the real you. And if they stay with you long enough, they're gonna have to see the good side of you and the bad side of you. What I would call the challenging side of you. Because when you become conscious of something that is rather challenging in your, uh, your own behavior, then you can start to 
uh, depotentiate it by doing less of it consciously, but you're never going to get rid of it. We don't get rid of anything in our character. We learn to include more. So an example would be, say you attract people who are overtakers. I taught workshops for like 15 years. And this girl came to my workshop and she said, but I don't understand. I don't stand on the street corner holding up a sign. Will you come home with me saying that I'm taking overtakers? She said, I don't do that. So why do I keep, I'll get into a relationship with a guy and he has plenty of money when we're dating and then he moves in with me and now he doesn't have any money and he's borrowing it from me. And then I break up with him because he's so irresponsible and then I get another one. And then, and then he's doing the same thing. I just don't get it. I know I'm not, I'm not looking for a person like that. Why would you have that happen? And so what I asked her was, um, is this repeating? And she said, yes. How many times has it happened? Three. <laughs> After the third time, it's no longer chance. And I said, well, the next time you attract somebody like that, close your purse. It seems so simple, but it isn't, you know, it's unconscious that we are overgiving, that we will do over whatever we overdo, and then the other person just automatically starts doing the opposite. And so when we have that happen to us, we have to look at where in our own behavior can we modulate? Can we come into a balance with ourselves? because it doesn't mean you're never gonna give anything, but it does mean that if you have a, rep a repetition, uh, a pattern that's repeating, that you ha you're out of balance. You're lopsided. And nobody wants to be a lopsided person. You know, we all wanna be a whole person. So life is about learning that what's unconscious in us is going to parade in front of us until we see it. And that's going to, uh, help us evolve you know we are actually contributing to the cosmos when we do shadow work because when you think about it there's so much like us against them and blacks against whites and one religion against another religion all of that is shadow all of it is shadow going back and forth between people so what Carl Jung said is that we need to do this our own we each as an individual need to do this because we can stand up there and, be, and preach to other people that they need to be good. You know, you need to be good. You can't be your negative side. Well, sometimes you do need to be your negative side because sometimes you have to say, no, I'm not willing to do that. Or stand up for yourself. If somebody's attracting somebody who's being abusive, what do you think that person needs to learn? They need to learn to stand up for themselves or it wouldn't keep happening to them. And so we are not victims and we are leaving the age of Pisces. The age of Pisces is almost over. We are actually at the very end of the age of Pisces and we're moving into the Aquarian age. Well, Aquarius is about freedom. It's about freedom to be our real selves. Freedom to be all of ourselves. And also objectivity, where we can stand back and observe who is this person that I'm with? You know, people often get married and then later, you know, when the projections have fallen off, they'll say, you're not the person I married. Well, of course not. 
The person you married was your own self because you fell in love with a part of, your, of yourself that you didn't know about. And so that's not who the person is, but we have tunnel vision when we idealize someone. And idealization is another ego defense. That is just another form of denial, projection, suppression, repression. There's lots of different ego defenses that we all use to not become conscious. And so consciousness work is, again, I'm gonna say this, it is exceedingly difficult. Because if you think about it, you're, what you're saying is, you want me to accept the things I find intolerable in other people, and then be like that. Is that what you're saying to me? One lady said to me, but I keep attracting these weak, needy people. That's how she said it. She, she said it like that. I keep attracting these weak, needy people. Well, I had her birth chart, and she happened to be an Aries, but she had a Sun-Saturn conjunction in the 10th house, the 10th house of career. So she was very responsible. Uh, she had parents who she grew up with who were very status conscious, who what will people think was very common in their family. And so she grew up with that I have to be strong and I cannot show any displays of weakness ever. And so she kept attracting, attracting these people to work for her. And I said to her, maybe that person is more flexible. Maybe they're willing to bend. Maybe they're willing to ask for help when they need it. So instead of looking at these qualities and others as extremes, because that's what it looked like. It looks like an extreme. And we're, it's, we think of it as negative and pejorative. If we can look at it from a different perspective, then we can learn to do what Carl Jung called shadow work, which is bring back those parts of us to ourselves that we really badly need. She needed to ask for help sometimes. She was carrying the world on her shoulders 24-7. That can cause back pain. So, the body speaks quite literally. There is an incredible book by Louise Hay. It's called You Can Heal Your Life. I swear by that book. Everything in there, physical illness that I've ever had, she gives a way to, do, uh, to turn it around psychologically and spiritually. And it works. So does anybody have any questions from what I've said so far? Nope. So our Venus is what we value, and it's also what we love, what we find beautiful. And what we value, it's our possessions and our money. So on the one hand, it's uh, the things that we own and that we possess, and on the other hand, it's our partner. And most of us want a partner in life. And Carl Jung says, the unrelated human being lacks wholeness. Because I can only become whole through being in a partnership or feeling or getting close to people. So I encourage people, engage with others more closely. And the people that you get involved with, they are perfect for you to see something about yourself. 
So a girl came to my table the other day and she said, I was, in, I was with the Libra for six years and he was just so wimpy. <laughs> and she says, I'm pretty bossy and I'm like, you know, very direct. And I said, well, he was teaching you how to be more gentle and you were teaching him how to be more direct. So it's always, always true. We attract these extremes to us for our own benefit. It's really quite profound. And when you understand this entire process and going into your unconscious, there's a lot to it. So I wrote about all the different ways we can see our shadow. And the second chapter in my book is our mother and our father in our seventh house because we marry our parents. And often we don't only marry them, we repeat their marriage. When I first heard of all this and I realized I'd repeated my parents' marriage, I wanted to throw up. I seriously, I felt a revulsion. It was like, but we do that. And after years and years and years of talking to people, it's pretty true. And if we are attracting our parents to us as a partner, we are still trying to get them to approve of us. So there is something in us that needs to become our own mother and father. We need to develop the capacity to be our own, uh, set our own limits, have our own boundaries, make decisions for ourselves, all those things that our parents tend to tell us what we should or shouldn't do. Those are the you know, things about us that we need to develop for ourselves. And when people learn about shadow work, I mean, think about it. You're looking at some pretty negative things like manipulative, you know, hypocritical, liar, cheater, this or that. And you might say, but I don't want to be anything like any of those things. I'm, well, you know, these are parts of us that we're afraid of, of because we're afraid that if we do that, then we're going to become like that. No, what we're going to become is conscious. You can't change anything you don't know about yourself, and you cannot mitigate or uh, not tolerate, but you cannot uh, modulate anything you don't know. So the more you know about yourself, the better off you will be. And the third part of my book is whatever planets are there, those are archetypes. Archetype just means it's everybody has it. It's typical in consciousness for everyone. Whatever planets and signs are there, you have to learn how to share that in an equal and balanced way with another person, consciously. And then talk about it. This is an air house. That means that you have to talk. You have to communicate with your partner and be vulnerable. And so, again, it's not easy, but it's very doable. And I love people when they take this information seriously because it changes their life. It changed mine. So to thine own self be true, and thank you for helping me see the part of me that I really needed. So thank you for coming to hear my talk. My book is available for $20 for the show price. It's usually $25. I have a six-module webinar. I have a six-module webinar that I've created online in 2020 because I've learned a whole lot more since I wrote the book. So it's $99 for this webinar for life. You can go in there anytime you want to go in there. 
but for the show special, it's $50 if you sign up before I leave today to go in there. And it's very comprehensive. It has videos, it has audios, it has PDFs to download, and it has work. This is called shadow work, because you have to do go into your own unconscious. You know, your, your dreams will even bring you information. So there's lots of different ways to do this, and um, that's what I that's what I am committed to teaching others how to do because I know it works. So again, thank you, thank you for coming to hear me. Thank you so much. Oh, oh sure. Louise Hay, okay. uh, you can heal your life. Rebecca, could you tell them where they can find you? In the I'm in the center of the, of the room in there, in the very center. So if y'all want to come by and talk some more or ask me any questions, please feel free to do that. And on my website, shadowdance.com, um, if y'all want to come up here and get a card or a, a flyer, there's a video, there's an, a longer video of my presentation or one of my presentations and a 10-minute introduction to shadow work on there too. Let me gather my stuff together since... Yeah.